the profest to you all for that mid-Monday drama goodness. What up, team? What up, team? How are we feeling? We just finished Bioshock 2's DLC. Sad. We're all sad. Everyone in the chat is sad now. We're all really sad. We've got too many feels going on. We didn't want that to happen. But, unfortunately, on Friday, because of our ridiculous weather, all our pipes froze, which meant we had no warmth in the house, which is bad when you've got little kids. It's bad news. We didn't realize, because we're men. We're men. We didn't realize until we actually stopped and uh, realized that it was really cold. <laughs> it was really cold. Uh, but now the situation is fine. We're all, in fact, it's warm in here. Would you agree, Andy? What's up, it's mate? warm in here. How many pairs of pants off. are you wearing? Huh? How many pairs of pants are you wearing? One today, mate. One pair of because pants, Andy. I was too tired to fish out another pair of pajamas. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. So we're into drama on a Monday. Nobody panic. It's all good. Don't worry. It's still on Fridays. It's still on Fridays. But now we should be in a golden Me. situation. And uh, we're going to be picking the random stories today uh, to see what comes out. I don't know. I don't know what goes out. It's always risky. People got sad last time because we had a story that went downhill. But I could see stories called the best RP event ever. Uh, it's just, yeah, the best RP event of all time. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see on that one. Let's read this little short one though. That's just popped up, which is GM Wife Agro. We need a guild name squad. We need a guild name. So go with that. Does it include furries? I've no idea. I have no idea whether it includes furries or whatever. I have no idea. So I don't know. <laughs> so give me um give me some guild names. Makes me sad. Is that the guild name we're going with? <laughs> Is that what we're going with? Broken Heart. Oh. The frozen pipes. Spunk trumpets. Any hungry? Mm. Cuckolds Anonymous. All good. All good. The Vulpira Inc. The pending divorce. Pearl Potter pals. Yeah, we're going with the Pearl Potter pals. Feels bad. Feels bad for Pearl Potter. We'll go with the Pearl Potter pals. Pearl Potter pals. Those bloody Nazis, man. Did it again. Right, okay. <coughs> Here we go. Hello, preacher, and a big hello to the best beautiful bastard, Mr. Ghost. That was pretty good, mate. I appreciate the effort you put into that, and I thank him for it. My story takes place back in the cataclysm. Way back when I had my first job working in a restaurant. Little did I know one of the guys I'd worked with played World of Warcraft. He knew that I did too because I used the word pug. Pug. At some point while, taking, uh, while talking, so we hit it off pretty well. At some point while talking, we hit it off pretty well and became good buds and eventually converted the whole kitchen to WoW players. It was awesome. Kate's find out his wife and him ran a raiding guild called the Pearl Porter Pals. He asked me if I wanted to become the off tank. I jumped it with ease, leveled myself a prop paladin on his server to 85 and we got her geared pretty quick. Not long after, I met his wife, IRL, as well. Let me paint a picture. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Girls, I'm sorry. It's not my words. I don't know what this is going to be. Let me paint a picture of this couple for everybody. They both were big into working out. 
They were both tight. Physically. Physically tight. And they were indeed a very good-looking couple. She was very nice to me, and one night after work, she asked me if I wanted to come and raid at their house for a LAN party. Of course I jumped at it. A LAN party? Yes, mate. Things were going well. We cleared the bastion of twilight and ended on a good note. However, this is where it got weird. All through the night, his wife kept whispering me overly nice messages and then talking to me the whole time, calling me babe and whatnot. (laughs) Sexy, right, babe? Being the oblivious bastard I am, I didn't think nothing of it. After we finished, they let me stay in their guest bedroom, not far from their room. I'd fallen asleep when I heard the door open. At this point, I just thought I was dreaming because of how vivid my dreams were. Something touched me. It was his wife. She got into my bed and I felt her touching my trouser snakes. I felt a little kiss on my lip. Needless to say, I was freaked the fuck out. And shortly she left. What? What happened? Blue balls or what? What the fuck? That's it? And she got out? Did you come or what? Was it was it a was it a, was it a hand job? We don't know if he finished, man. What a cock block! What a blue balls! I wondered about it the next day, and I was thinking, did that just happen? Do I tell him? And I just brush it off. Next week she come. Next week comes, and he asked me to come back over. Same thing. Weird messages and stares I can feel when he's not around. I didn't want him to think this is my fault because the guy could rip me in half if he wanted to. So something comes up and he has to leave the house. She's left alone with me. Feeling like prey to a tiger at that point, she comes up to where I'm sitting and flat out tries to make out with me. Right, he definitely didn't get a hand job. Not a chance. No, denied. No, if the next step was uh, some tongue, there is no way she jerked that gherkin. Not a chance. Of course, I reject it by moving around her and going in the living room. Luckily, I didn't do anything because he forgot his keys and he came back within a moment's notice. Long story short, they broke up a few months later and to this day, I've never told him about it. I still play WoW and this guy hasn't heard from his ex-wife in many years. This is my little story as a change-up from the Creeper guys. Nobody came! Don't believe it. No girl crawls into bed and just kisses you on the lip and gets out again. Bullshit! his dick though and in fairness right just know, a squeeze just you know play devil's advocate here in fairness she's basically snuck into his room made sure he's awake grabbed him <coughs> by the junk to let him know it's on and then left right but then like the morning husband's out and she's like the reminder from last night where he's like mm, i think he's too fucking nervous because she'd rip him bits i think he came from the touch <gasps> I- <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, let's do the good, the bad, the bad, and the bro. The good, the bad, and the bro. I like the sound of it. It sounds good to me. The good, the bad, and the bro. Yeah, let's do that one. Okay, this has got like more characters than Lord of the Rings. Hold on. 
<laughs> the best RP event ever. Okay. This is the best that ever has ever been. The good, the bad, and the bro. Who just gets a squidge? It's really annoyed me. <laughs> you made a noise like a clown's horn. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Some girl crawled into my bed, squidged me, and got out. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? I wouldn't even be, like, disturbed. I'd just be annoyed. Like, you can't do that. Right, okay. We need a girly who shall be... Uh, let's have Catherine. Catherine. Let's have Catherine. We need a goblin rogue who will be Jizz Sock. <laughs> I want to point out that in his official Patreon name, he's called himself Captain Jizz Sock, the leader of the Jizz Sock. Uh, let's have Wade. Uh, let's have uh, Zin. A female orc warrior. Josh. <laughs> Josh. It's the best one I can think of. Uh, let's, have, let's have James. I'm going to run out of names. Yeah. We need Vishal. Beorius. <laughs> yes. Oh, Beorius is in. You know it's going to be good now. <laughs> you know it's going to be good now. I've spelled his name wrong. He'll never forgive me. Beorius and Jagred. Okay. There's a lot of lads in here and only one girl. But it's RP. So everybody's a girl. So it's all going to be good. Alright, okay. I recently went through and binge-watched every single drama time to see if the story I bring you today had been read or not. A lot of people were involved with this event, but I believe you in the Ballers chats will love this story. Alright. Okay. Chapter 1. This is written by an RPer, so there's like chapters and shit. You ready? Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Chapter 1. The Prelude. My story starts in Wrath of the Lich King. At this point, I was 18 years old, and I had played WoW since late vanilla, only ever playing casually and playing for the lore on my orc warrior until the launch of Wrath. I decided I was going to change my ways and become a raider. Throughout most of the Burning Crusade, my WoW-playing friends in school had always told me that raiding was the toughest and most enjoyable part of the game, and that I was missing out on fantastic endgame content. I never tried it in the Burning Crusade. But because Wrath would bring with it a fresh gearing start for everybody, I thought this would be the perfect time to give raiding a shot. I got to the cap, joined a guild, geared my warrior, and within the first two weeks of Wrath's release, my guild had cleared Naxxramas Tenman. I was super pissed! The fact that we had cleared so easily made me angry, because my friends had hyped me up on how cool and challenging raids were. So I stopped raiding altogether. Oh no! I stopped raiding altogether and went back to being a casual player, followed by me leaving the game shortly after. Man! That Nax Ramus Wrath of the Lich King. Two years later, a month or two after Kata release, I started playing again and transferred my character to the Dark Moon Fair EU, a low to medium populated RP server. 
my real life best friend was named Catherine. And she was an avid RPer. She was popular on this realm and she really wanted me to give it a try. As we both knew each other from D&D sessions at the local card shop, she thought I would love RP in WoW because I like D&D. This turned out to be a correct assumption. My first month there, me and Catherine just did small RP events together with some of her in-game friends to teach me how to properly RP in WoW. While we were doing this, Catherine was actively looking for an interesting guild for us to join, which was really hard because of the server's low pop and the fact that we were playing Horde on a server that was mostly Alliance. One day, however, Catherine found a thread on our realm forums. A goblin by the name of Jizzsock had posted a thread where he was looking for eight players to join him. Wait for it. A gladiatorial RP event. Interested players were to whisper Jizzsock in game. Followed by Jizzsock sending an in-game official mail to them with information about the first meeting. Catherine read through the whole post and was stoked to tell me that she had found a cool guild for us to join. However. <laughs> However. I'm a man who likes a bit of mystery in my RP. So I told her, do not tell me what the guild was about. Keep it a secret. The following day, I log in to see a mail in my mailbox from Jizzsock that went like this. Hiya, pal. My name is Jizzsock, but my underlings call me Jizzsock. I am one of Gallywix's longtime business associates, and I need your assistance. See a thought in my side by the name of Beorius. <laughs> Beorius has been making business hell for the Bilgewater Cartel. And Boss Gallywix has tasked me with finding a solution to our Beorius problem. My sources tell me that you might be the solution. Meet me at Gallywix's Pleasure Palace on Friday at 8 p.m. And we'll see if you have what it takes. Boom. We've got a Beorius problem. Classic. After reading this letter, I was intrigued beyond compare. I asked Catherine if this is what she was talking about, and she said, yes, yes, this is it. She had also received the same mail. Two days after receiving the invitation, me and Catherine went to the palace. We were 30 minutes early. We didn't want to miss a thing. When we arrived, there were already three others sitting by the pool. An undead male named Wade. A Tauren male named Zinn. And a troll male named Josh. We walked up to them and traded words. Catherine, greetings, friends. Have you also received the letter? Aye, man. Me and me brothers were here talking to starting to wonder when somebody might show themselves. Is that a racist Jamaican accent? No, it's a troll guy. It's Josh, the troll. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. That was about a minute of awkward silence. After which Zinn told us to sit down and wait. Not long after me and Catherine arrived, more people started trickling in. There must have been around 20 to 25 people at the palace when that clock struck 8pm. We all looked around. But Jizzsock was nowhere to be seen. However, walking across the golf course was a big female orc called Vishal. 
When I say she was thick, I mean thick. As she was constantly under the effects of the elixir of giant growth. <laughs> we all... <laughs> We all knew that she was affiliated with Jizz Sox straight away. She was in the guild. Jizz Sox mercenaries. When she stopped in front of us, Zin stood up. Hey, you there. Where did this Jizz Sox fella? <laughs> Vishal took a long pause before answering his question, then answered, Look up, you foolish troll! And pointed up. We all looked to the sky to see a goblin slowly falling down towards us in a parachute. At this point, I was quite impressed with how well staged and thought out this all seemed. I had never quite seen anything like it. After landing in front of us all, the goblin bowed before us and said, Welcome to Gallywix's Pleasure Palace, my friends! <laughs> So, I can't do a goblin accent, alright? So, Big J himself let me borrow this place for a, a little meet and greet. You can all go wild and the drinks are all on me. He then brought out a coin from his pocket and began his monologue. Money, gold, moolah, whatever you call it, we all want it. Every single one of us here, in fact, wants it more than anything. I have gathered you all here today, adventurers of Azeroth, because I need your help. I'm usually not the kind of guy that asks for help, but when I do, the ones helping to me get a whole lot richer. My nemesis, Beorius, has been sabotaging my trading operations for weeks now, and we are still starting to feel the losses he has brought upon us. Well, in our coin purses, that is. Boss Gallywix has had enough of Beorius's antics and has put an ultimatum on me. I either make sure Beorius won't bother us anymore, or Gallywix himself will make sure my head won't bother my shoulders anymore. He took a slight pause, after which he started flipping the coin in his hand repeatedly. I've sent an envoy to Beorius and challenged him to trial by combat. The loser gives the winner all his gold, resources, ships, and a vow never to cross the winner's path again. To my surprise, Beorius was overjoyed at this request and offered me a parlay period of one month so that we could find the strongest champions to represent us. He then caught the coin one last time in his hand and slapped it on the table. This is where you all come in, my friends. I'm looking for eight fighters willing to represent me in a fight against Beorius's champions. So all who are ready, say aye. In near perfect unison, all 20 or so of us said aye. Some even emoting salutes and other gestures. You've all seen my bodyguard, Vishal. Just Sock said while pointing to the back of the crowd where she stood. She's the kind of person I want. No fear, no remorse, no questions asked. He then paused again and emoted that he was quickly looking at us all individually and analysing our visual assets. It's an ocular pat down. To spare you an even longer wall of text, he ended up booting five people out of the place because they didn't have good mogs. <laughs> And they didn't look fierce enough. <laughs> he then told the rest of us <laughs> that he would do a coin flip for each of us. And the first eight to guess the coin flip correctly would join. Counting his monologue at the start of the event, we were there for over an hour. And eventually, he had his roster of fighters. Me, Catherine, Zinn, 
Josh, Wade, an undead warrior named Jeg, and two others who are irrelevant to the story. The next part was the elimination. At the end of the meeting, Jizzsock had told us all through out-of-character whispers that we should rewrite our MRP add-on, our My Roleplay add-ons, and backstory to something that would make sense for this event. Among other things, one detail he mentioned was that we were allowed to make our character stories and personalities as over-the-top as we wanted, as long as it was in the reasonable realms of RP standard. I had never written a backstory for WoW before, so I had a long think about what I wanted my character to be like in this story. I eventually settled on making my character the most ridiculously badass orcish war veteran you could ever imagine. He was a member of the Corcoran and a loyal warrior of Garrosh's Horde. Being a longtime fan of the Song of Ice and Fire books, I decided to somewhat base my character on Sander Clegane. <laughs> Instead of having a burned face, however, my character instead had a very large and noticeable scar going from the left side of my lower neck up towards my ear which I had gotten from an Alliance soldier who ambushed me in Vashir. Since me and Catherine were friends, we decided to implement each other into our backstories. That's a tie-in, folks. In character, I had fought alongside Catherine in the campaign in Northrend after first meeting her at Argent Strand in Zuldrak. We were considered an unlikely duo, seeing as Garrosh himself didn't view Blood Elves favorably, and therefore his Corcoran army didn't either. Despite this... Our characters have become traveling companions. After many years of faithful service to the Horde, I defected from the Corcoran out of a lust for vengeance against the human who scarred me. War Chief Garrosh approved of this, stating that my ambition was to be admired by the rest of the Corcoran, and that when I return, he will gladly put me back into the battlefield, a more fearsome warrior than ever. Boom. Boom. Yeah? Fuck off. Dickhead. Scarred! Vengeance! For our first RP event, we were instructed to go to the Storm Peaks, where we would meet atop Thorim's throne, where we were to be tested for the first time. At the designated time, we all arrived at Thorim's throne with our new MRP descriptions in hand. While waiting for Jizzsock to turn up, we all sat and read through each other's MRP profiles. Wade even complimented me, telling me that my backstory was, and this is out of character, of course, sick. Eventually, Jizzsock arrived, flying on a touring rocket and piloted by Vishal. Punctuality is a great sign of professionalism and you're all on time, he opened up with. Now, my friends, I've got to be honest. I lied at our meeting the other day. I do not need eight fighters. I only need one to represent me in the trial by combat. However, finding such a champion is not easy, which is why an elimination process is needed. We will be having a tournament right now to determine who truly is the strongest among you. To the victor of this me. tournament goes a large sack of gold. And if he also defeats Jizzsock's champion, he'll never need to care about gold ever again. What say you, lads? All of us did emotes that showed we approved of this decision. Shortly after, I also got an out of character whisper from Vishal saying <laughs> this is the <laughs> rather thick female arc by the way 
I think our characters would make a great couple. Want to add a little love story during this campaign? I did not. This notion was of no interest to me whatsoever, as a hardened war veteran would only be burdened by such things as love. No thanks. It doesn't fit my story arc. Please? Our characters are both really strong. Imagine how strong our babies would be. At this point, I facepalmed in real life. What a ridiculous thing to say out of character. I didn't want to have this conversation during the event. She was ruining my immersion, so I didn't respond. <laughs> hey, you're pulling me out. Back up, yeah? <coughs> oh, man. As we all stood shoulder to shoulder, Jizzsock paced back and forth while monologuing. Monologuing. Pals, I'm very sorry to say this, but only one of you shall leave this peak victorious today. But I will make sure 100% that the one who wins this little tournament of ours truly is the strongest and most badass fighter in all of Azeroth. That said, there's nothing more badass than playing by the rules and winning a fair fight. Jisok then stopped and turned to us, emoting that he pulled his gold coin from his pocket. My father was a righteous priest of the Holy Light, and so I was raised to trust the light with my judgment, my fortune, and my life. As such, the light will choose who fights who here. Raising his gold coin into the sky, he continued. We can all agree that there is no light that shines more true than that which reflects off a beautiful coin of gold. It is truly the most splendiferous avatar of the light. Fuck you for making me read splendiferous, you bastard. He then looked straight back at Catherine. Light guide my judgment, he shouted, and then flipped the coin. He repeated this process with all eight of us, and eventually we had all been matched up appropriately. But Jizzsock never told us who would be fighting who. <laughs> he put down a cushion on the ground for himself and sat upon it. Catherine and Jeg, the light has chosen you. Step forth. I emoted a nod of encouragement at Catherine while whispering her out of character, wishing her good luck. Her opponent was Jeg. An undead warrior whose MRP outlined a backstory similar to my own in many ways. He was a veteran of the Royal Death Guard under the Banshee Queen herself. He's discharged after he killed an orc civilian of Orgrimmar without the Queen's orders. In his backstory, in parentheses, he claimed that he did this because the orc said a particularly rude statement about the Banshee Queen. Bastard. Once the two fighters were in position, and the rest of us stood to the side opposite just sock on his cushion, he said. Listen, pals, I don't want either of you to get injured. Vishal has some more harmless weapons you can use. Vishal then pulled out an assortment of rough stone weapons that looked to have been stolen from ogre camps. Don't worry, Mr. Jizzsock. I have been in the service as a healer of the Argent Crusade for many years. Any damage we can do to each other will surely be mended by my hand, Catherine said. Oh, what? Mm. The light agrees with you and thinks your servitude in the Argent Crusade, he said. Catherine bowed in gratification. 
Ready yourselves. In the name of the light, begin! Jizz Sock said. I should explain at this point that the way combat had been decided to work during our tournament had been outlined... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is how the fight's gonna go down. I'd been outlined by Jizz Sock previously in Out of Character Whispers. After an attack described in Slash E, both players would do a roll, 1 to 20, to determine whether it was a hit or not. The highest roll wins, and naturally, 1s are critical fails, and 20s are crit critical hits. Standard D&D rules. Yeah? Check the rule book, dipshit. Shit standard, yo. Jeg was the first to attack. Charging at Catherine with his shield and slamming it into her. It was a hit. She jumped back, collected herself, casting a quick heal. After which she fired a bolt of light at Jeg. The bolt was blocked by Jeg's shield. Then he drew his mace at her. Rolled a 20. A crit. Catherine was straight in the chest. Knocking her back onto the floor. Stunning her. She just barely got back on her feet when Jeg lunged at her. Again with a mighty overhead shield slam. She dodged it by jumping backwards. Now standing near the edge of Thorim's throne. Catherine then unleashed a torrent of light bolts at Jeg. Who blocked the first few and then decided to throw his shield at her. She sidestepped out of it. Interrupting her torrent in the process. At the same time, Jeg flank charged her from the side and kicked her in the stomach straight and back off the edge. With a cry of pain, she tumbled down off the throne, her cry growing more silent after she fell. Catherine, no! I yelled, running to the ledge. Calm down, pal. The light's with her, Jizzsock said reassuringly. I looked back at Jizzsock, emoting my discontent and saying, are we just going to sit here and allow this? You said it yourself that you don't want us doing serious harm to each other, yet you just allowed this forsaken filth to kick Catherine off the mountain? I have never seen the light save anybody from a fall, let alone at this height. Do something. The whistling of Northron's cold winds were deafening from how silent everyone became. After a moment equivalent, an emote equivalent to a rolling of the eyes, Jizzsock said, Fine then. Vishal, fly down there and make sure she's okay. Vishal nodded, followed by an angry stare directed at me as she got on Jizzsock's touring rocket and flew off the throne. Don't get the wrong idea, pal. We are no enemies. I merely do what the light wills me to do. Jizzsock emoted a shrug. I didn't respond. I just emoted an orcish grunt of disapproval and walked back to the other spectators. Jeg also turned around and walked back to us. As he walked past me, he emoted a gloating smile at me. I quickly grabbed him by the bone, picking out from his shoulder and prepared to punch him, but was stopped by Wade. He stopped my hand mid-swing and shook his head. <sighs> Jeg then adjusted himself and kept on walking, standing further away from the rest of us. There is no need to get yourself in any trouble with Jizzsock, friend, Wade said. Followed by Zin, yeah, man. You'll be getting your revenge in time, you see. Vishal then came back with Catherine on her rocket, landing straight in front of Jizzsock. Y'all good? I will manage, she responded. Praise the light, he exclaimed. Let us continue with the next fight. The story is already long enough, Preacher, so I won't detail every fight. All you need to know is that I was victorious in my fight against one of the unnamed fighters, and the four fighters left were me, Jeg, me. Zin, and Josh. 
As the golden coin would have it, I was matched with Jeg, the one I truly wanted to fight. Jeg and Arthur. Next, Jisok said. <coughs> Me and Jeg walked alongside each other, up to Vishal to choose our more blunt weapons of choice. Jeg picked a one-handed ogre mallet and a wooden shield, while I, on the other hand, picked the two-handed ogre maul. As I picked the maul up with just one hand, I emoted an intense glare at him, asserting my dominance over him in terms of physical strength. Take your positions, just said. We positioned ourselves opposite one another, and before the match could start, I decided to say something. Your kind is the most treacherous of the horde. The great Commander Salfang perished at the Wrathgate from the Forsaken Malicious's actions, and now you challenge me personally by nearly murdering my friend. Do not underestimate the true horde, Forsaken scum, as I'll be glad to crush you under this maul if you do. Jeg chuckled and responded with a, Those are some big words coming from the savages who marched on the Undercity. Killing hundreds of innocent forsaken on the quest to slay Varimathras and the Grand Apothecary with no second thoughts, followed by an inquisitive stare. As we both readied ourselves, he also uttered, Let us see if your skills are truly as grand as you talk. Begin! I charged him straight away and attempted a pull, but it failed. Jeg then hit me with a clean shot to the side with his mallet. It hurt, but I sidestepped before he could hit me again and swung my maul to return the favour with a blow to his side. He rolled a critical hit on his defence and blocked the blow while remaining relatively stable, only getting pushed back by it and sustaining no damage. He then charged me with a shoulder tackle, taking advantage of the jagged spikes in his shoulder pads. I dodged it and managed to land a whack on the back of his head as he passed me, knocking him face first to the floor. I attempted an overhead slam with the maul, but just missed him as he managed to roll away. So far, we were quite even, and I thought the only way I could gain the certain upper hand was to disarm him. As I picked up the maul, he charged me again with a shield bash, knocking me back. I was now in a similar spot to where Catherine had been, standing just one blow away from being knocked off the throne. In a daring move, I dropped the maul onto the floor next to me and took a stance as I readied myself for his imminent charge. Jag took his shot and once again charged me with shoulder tackle. I sidestepped easily and ducked, quickly grabbing his leg with both hands and pulled with all my strength, managing to haul him over my shoulder and slamming him into the ground. This had him stunned, at which point I took my time to put pressure on the wrist with my foot until I let go of his mallet, at which point I chucked it off the edge of the throne. It would be dishonorable of me to beat you in this state. Submit, I said, while walking back to pick up my maul. Jeg slowly got back up on his feet and readied himself with his shield. You better make it count then, savage. I slowly walked up to him as Jeg was planning to dodge this attack. This was be the deciding clash. I raised my maul as he raised his shield in response and the rolls went out. Ah, and Jesus blessed me as I rolled a 14 and Jeg rolled a 1. Critical defense failure. With an orcish growl, I slammed my maul down one final time, hitting a break in the wooden shield seamlessly. But his shield was not the only thing that broke. Seeing as he was a bony undead, his entire forearm snapped. My blow was not over yet, though, as with the unstoppable force and weight of the maul, I broke a countless amount of bones in his body. He was crushed. The way I described it in my emote was... The drakes flew away in fear, 
as they heard the crackling sound of breaking bones echoing from the platform. After this, I triumphantly spat on his crushed body. This fight was over. God damn. <coughs> God damn. The others cheered and applauded me as I walked back to them. Jizzsock, however, was not as cheerful. Hey, musclehead. I said I wanted you guys not to harm each other too much. Look at this man. It looks like he's been stepped on by a titan. You are disqualified. It's a DQ. It's a DQ. It's a fucking DQ. I turned around and got ready to reply. But before I could, Catherine stepped up. You told us yourself that you could never make judgments. The light does. You either disqualify my friend or I resurrect Jeg. Ask your little coin what it thinks of that. Jizzsock was taken aback by this. He chuckled to himself, pulled out his coin again and flipped it. You're right. It isn't my call to make. The light judges that Jeg be brought back to life. Catherine nodded and thanked him as she began to resurrect him. It looks like you're in the final then, Arthur. Oh, looks like you're in the final then, Arthur. Jizzsock said and winked at me. I squinted my eyes and gave a slight nod of approval, and then I turned around to stand by the others. To spare you the next scene, I'll skip over my final match against... Oh, who's the final battle? Josh. The rogue with no jaw. The TLDR of it was there was no grudge between us, other than my character's clear distrust of the Forsaken. We had a fair fight ending with my victory. We shook hands honourably and he congratulated me on the pant pantomime way, seeing as he was unable to speak. Oh! <laughs> if you're rolling undead with no jaw, you can't talk, you dickheads! Duh! Fuck, man. I'd have fucked that up early game. I would. <laughs> I would have fucked that up early game. Using hand signals and shit? <coughs> Now this one, this guy's not going. These these were honourable friends, Andy. Yeah. Did he put a pen in his mouth and move his head. <laughs> he brings a notepad with him. Like Murray. <coughs> After I won the tournament, I was declared Jizz Socks champion. <laughs> yes, the one who would fight Beorius's champion at tomorrow's trial by combat. However, Jizz Sock had taken a liking to us all by now. He offered to meet us at dusk at the Booty Bay Bar where we were to celebrate my victory. Nightfall came just a few hours later. Me and Catherine obviously went there together, where Jizz Sock and Vishal already sat waiting for us. Well, look who it is, my favourite badass, Jizz Sock exclaimed as we approached their table. Have a seat, and mind your purses in this bar. This place is a-crawling with pirates, ready to snatch your gold. <laughs> he was correct as well. As Booty Bay is universally infamous across all roleplay servers... For being the main hub of pirate-centered roleplay. I could get into that. Everybody's Captain Jack. Every single fucking person there. As such, there were other players roleplaying their own pirate story arcs in the bar. The three of us chatted for a bit as we wanted the others to turn up. 
Vishal remained silent, not even sitting at the table, but rather standing behind Jisok. While this was going on, however, Vishal once again whispered me in that out-of-character way. She was double-checking whether a love story was possible. By this point, Vishal had even planned the story out. This was what Vishal had in mind. After the trial by combat, Vishal would nurse me back to health, during which time we would develop feelings for each other. Then I would join Jisok's guild to become one of his mercenaries, so I could be his second bodyguard alongside Vishal. Then we would have plenty of opportunity for what she describes as steamy, hot, orc ERP. It would eventually lead to her pregnancy, which would end with her character dying in childbirth, giving birth to an orc female who was destined to become the next war chief after Garrosh. And this orc chosen one would obviously be made and role-played by Vishal. You sure you guys aren't in? Fucking hot. <laughs> it's fucking hot. Oh, God damn. <laughs> it's hot. I did not want to be a part of this. <laughs> this time, however, I wasn't that polite. I told her off, saying that I am not in the least bit interested to have a disgusting orc sex marathon with an ogre-looking monstrosity like her. She was offended by this and sent me an ultimatum. I either agree to do the orc love story with her, or she would sabotage me so I wouldn't win the trial by combat. I told her I would like to see her try, after which she didn't reply. Oh, shit. The rest of the gang finally turned up. The gang pertaining to Zinn, Wade, Josh... Oh, no jag. It seemed like we were the only ones who would turn up. We all drank and had a fun time together, telling stories of our ancestors' deeds and many other RP topics of such nature. When the conversation came to stories of our own past, I asked why, and I was asked why I left the Corcoran. The following conversation went like this. Okay. <clears throat> How about you, champ? Why would a strong and seasoned fighter like yourself leave us such a prestigious rank as, the, as high as the Corcoran Guard? During my campaign in Vashir alongside Nazgrim, we were imprisoned by the Naga. We were forced into slave labor and eventually managed to flee. However, some of us got recaptured. I was imprisoned alongside a human soldier and together we managed to kill our Naga captors. Using the airfield conches that the Naga would use to keep us alive while swimming with us, we attempted to swim to the surface. However, the human's conch had less air in it than mine. Halfway there, I didn't notice I was now swimming in front of the human as out of nowhere, he stabbed me in the back with a Naga dagger he had taken from one of our captors. The resulting shock caused me to drop my conch, where he stole off me and continued swimming. As I remained behind, both writhing in pain and drowning, I would surely have died, had it not been for the earthen ring finding me soon after and reviving me. I felt so weak at the time. It was unlike any other shame I had felt before. For years after this event, I have felt a lust for vengeance against this human. I told Garrosh about it, 
and he permitted me to leave the Corcoran to pursue my greatest enemy. Well, did you find him? Did you kill him? No. My enemy cannot be killed. For the weakness within me is my greatest foe. But one day, I will find that human and I will kill him. Then at least my, first for, my thirst for vengeance will be quenched. Everyone went a bit silent. I might have gone a bit overboard with my badass yet unquestionably edgy dialogue, but I felt satisfied with my scene. <laughs> I feel I did a good job. Eventually, the silence was broken by a witty but positive comment from Jizzsock, and the conversation kept getting on to a more light manner. Whatever how what happened towards the end of the party, however, took us all by surprise. As we were coming to the end of our night of celebrating, Vishal suddenly piped up. Offer? The opponent you face tomorrow will put up the hardest fight in your life. Me. Fight me. Right here and now. I am Jizzsock's strongest fighter. If you can beat me in a fight, you can surely beat anyone. However, if I beat you, I should have the honour of fighting for Jizzsock myself. We were all confused as to where this spiteful request came from so suddenly. Jizzsock emoted a worried sneer at me as he didn't, didn't dare tell Vishal to stand down at this moment. Because of this, my reply came. No, I will not fight you. You are too important for Jizzsock's safety. You should not interfere with his choice of champions. So your story is true then? Deep down, you really are weak. Oh, she used the edgy story against him. Weakness is his greatest foe, Andy. You can't beat that. I will not fight you, no matter how much you taunt me, I said and turned around, beginning to walk towards the door. At this point, most of the others in the bar were watching us intently, having put their own role play on hold. I only walked a few steps before Vishal unleashed an orcish war cry and ran up behind me to punch me. I reacted swiftly, however, and turned around, grabbed her fist in my hand. This was when the dream happened. We rolled. I rolled a 20 and she rolled a 1 this amounts to a one hit knockout I emoted with a snarl I tightened my grip on her hand so hard that I broke her fingers and just like that she was done she played along she fell to the floor screaming in pain you'll pay for this weekly she muttered out angrily before her painful grunting. I scoffed and le left the bar. The final chapter. The trial by combat. After Vishal's fiasco at the bar the previous night, I decided to whisper and ask Jizzsock out of character about, about it to see if he had any part in it. He told me he didn't, and that Vishal had been trying to convince him all day to disqualify my champion status for random and retarded reasons. I asked why he still put up with Vishal then if she was such a pain in the ass. So he gave me some background as to who Vishal really is behind that monitor. You see, 
chat audience in real life Vishal is one of Jis Sock's friends in IT in an IT shop Vishal's a man not just a man but a cliche sweaty neckbeard anime over <laughs> overweight RP loving 28 year old man he only ever played female characters and whenever Jis Sock had asked him why his replies were that females have more opportunity for interesting RP scenarios. Which, if we're all honest, is awkward nerd code for he loves that fucking ERP. The only reason Jisok puts up with him in their RP is because it would most certainly cause problems at work if he told him to stop being creepy. This grossed me out horrendously, as the thought of this man, eight years older than myself, obsessing over ERP, <laughs> it was just gross. Jisok assured me, however, that the situation had been mediated and that I wouldn't have to deal with him for the rest of the campaign. Good riddance, I thought. And we left it at that. <coughs> Later on in the day, it was time for the main event. The trial by combat. Me, Jisok, Vishal were to meet with Beorius and his champions in the desert of Tanaris. There wasn't to be any environmental advantages in this fight. Catherine and the rest of our gang came along as well as spectators, which was allowed. We arrived a minute or two before the scheduled time. And right on the mark, a little gnome named Beorius landed in front of us on a rocket piloted by his own bodyguard, who was a male night elf, and his own posse of fighters from the Alliance end of the campaign. Shortly after, Beorius landed, so did his champion, a male human paladin by the name of James. As RP cross-faction becomes quite difficult due to the orcish common language barrier, the only communication between us was through basic emotes. It's him, Jisok said. Hopefully this will be the last time I see this little bastard, he continued. After which he emoted a smile at Beorius. You just go ahead and step forth when you're ready, champ. He then told me and patted me on my arm. I didn't respond. I just stare, started walking forwards. At this point, I should also note that in order to get around the language barrier that would normally block a fluid combat scene, as the other factions can't see custom emotes. <coughs> Jisok was actually also playing on another account where he was playing as Beorius. Twist! We're twisting no. it! Jisok is Beorius! No! This meant that whenever a fighter performed a move via slash E, Jisok would communicate to the other fighter and vice versa. I had been briefed on how this would all work beforehand and I gotta say, Jisok had really put a lot of effort into this event. Another detail is this fight will be done with our real weapons instead of our blunt ogre armaments. So I brought a, the manliest, the most awesome weapon in the game. The Draconic Avenger. As I stopped midway between our groups, James started walking towards me as well. He stopped right in front of me and emoted a nod. I responded to in kind. After which we backed away from each other to get in position. Beorius and Jisok said at the same time I need a voice for Beorius Champions You represent the cartel manager The chief tinkerer Beorius Respectively 
He who wins this battle will bring glory and profit to his benefactor and shall be supplied with enough gold to buy the whole of Blackrock Mountain if he so desires. With these words, know now that there is a chance that only one of you will leave this desert alive today. So champions, fight to the death for your benefactor's glory. I was first to attack. As I charged James with a broad swing of my axe, he jumped back and dodged it, followed by an attempted jump overhead slash with his sword. James was wielding the Grand Marshal's claymore. I quickly parried it and kicked him back again, which he responded with going forth on another overhead slash. I dodged it barely and whacked him straight in the face as he backed up slightly disoriented. I took my shot. I held the axe as far down as the handle as I could and I crouched down for that leg sweep. It was successful. As I hit his legs with the neck of my axe and he fell to the ground. He was now stunned on the ground. This was my chance for a clean hit. I raised my axe above my head and swung it down. At the last second, James parried, but not without taking damage, as his sword clashed into my axe by the neck, so the blade of my axe dug into his shoulder. As he groaned out in pain, I did something foolish. I backed off and let him get up, even though I had my advantage already. I felt it would be more in line with my character's mentality to beat James without him lying down on the ground. As he got back up, however... He took a handful of sand off the ground and chucked it into my eyes. I was blinded briefly enough for him to land one successful swing into my side. I took a lot of damage from this and was knocked to my knees. I even dropped my axe. The tables had turned. James now had the upper hand and seized this opportunity straight away by attempting to stab me in the stomach with his claymore. I rolled a critical defense which allowed me against all odds to grab his sword by the blade and with my bare hand and after a struggle, I pushed him back up enough to get on my feet. As I reached down to grab my axe, he charged me with yet another overhead slash. I pulled myself back so his sword got lodged into the sand. Before he had the time to try and move it, however, I knocked his face straight down with my hands, right down towards his own sword. Luckily for him, his helmet stopped him from taking so much damage. However, it now had a severe dent in it, so he had to take it off. Right when he took the helmet off, Jisok's description of what was happening went along the lines of, James removes his helmet to reveal that he is a hu- he is the human author has been seeking revenge on. I chose to play along with this, so I emoted a gasp, followed by an angry stare. In response to this, I took off my own helmet and turned my head to him, revealing the scar that he gave me in Vashir. James realized then who he was really fighting. Though we had both sustained a lot of damage so far, we were both revitalized by this revelation. He gripped his sword and charged me again, this time aiming for my neck or head as my helmet was off. I sidestepped out of his attack and went for an elbow shot to the side of his head. I was hit! And he was knocked on the ground yet again. At this time, knowing who James really was, I wasn't going to show any mercy. I raised my axe above my head and the rolls went out. I won the roll. There was no critical hits or fails here, just one clean, undefended blow to James's stomach, cutting through many of his organs and breaking his spine. Jisok decreed this to be the final move of the fight, as our fight had been going on long enough by now. I was victorious. As I pulled my axe from his body, I raised it up to the sky, and I yelled, For the Horde! Ladies and gents, this is pretty much where my long tale ends. After I won the trial by combat in Jisok's favour, Beorius now had to leave Jisok's business affairs alone forevermore. I had been venturing. 
after being paid by Jisok, he asked me where I would be going now that I had slain the human I had been venturing for. I told him me and Catherine would return to Orgrimmar, where I would rejoin the Corcoran as promised, to Garrosh, and Catherine would serve Lady Liadrin as a member of the Shattered Sun. Out of character, however, all of us who had partaken in the story added each other on Battle.net, and Jisok was already making plans for another RP story. We played the other story out as well, and it wasn't as good or as memorable as this one, but I may send it in one day. I ended up quitting WoW a couple of months after the Dragon Soul had been released, and only came back once for Legion. Once Legion arrived, where I server transferred back to my old realm and joined an all-finished guild that I'm still raiding with today on a heroic level, and I'm looking forward to continuing my raiding career in Battle for Azeroth. Catherine, on the other hand, eventually transferred to Argent Dawn, where now she still enjoys that Alliance RP. I hope you enjoyed my story. Oh, I'm exhausted. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Twists and turns. Wars fought and lost. Battles won. Gold taken. I am fucking wiped. That was 16 pages of RP, ladies and gents. That was 16 pages of RP. <laughs> Jizzsock was furious. James was the human. Me. My God. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the Monday drama. <sighs> I'm sweating. <laughs> My voice is tired. <laughs> I'm sweating. I need to cool down. My God, we'll be back in the morning with God of War. Kratos is going to be pulling tits from every direction. Tits and boobs. Gods. Mythology. Learn something. Historical accuracy and lessons will be needed. But we shall be here. Thank you all for a wonderful afternoon. I will be back. Thank you to everybody who sent bits and subs and all that kind of stuff during drama. I can't call out. Thank you. I love you all. You are the best. I'm back. Bye-bye. Love you all. <laughs> Holla ballers and a bro fist to you all on our new fancy shitty webcam. <laughs> Holy shit. You can't make live stuff up, man. Sometimes things go wrong at the worst time ever. Flawless. Thank you, team, for pointing out how flawless I operate this whole thing. It's smooth. From start to finish, it's a smooth operation. And that's what matters. It's smooth from start to finish. It's 100% professional. Like, it is professional, though. That's what bugs me. It does. It bugs the shit out of me. It's all set up and prepared. It's all done and tested beforehand. We check it. Is everything fine? Yeah, everything's fine. And then you click the button, and it's not fine <laughs> at all. It's just a mess. A, a, just a giant mess of things. But <sighs> I have to live with it, and I have to take the responsibility for the shoddy... I might have to buy a new camera. Like, that's not something... It's it's a thing. We might have to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'd rather spend it on uh, a little event called PreachCon! Oh, baby! The tickets go on sale tomorrow. 8pm tomorrow. The tickets will go on sale. And I will get to meet many, 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 many of you guys live here for the biggest party of the year, pretty much, for most of us. Uh, it's the biggest party of the year. And we will be doing that tomorrow, my friends. Hopefully, we will sell out. Hopefully, last two years, we have sold it out pretty quickly, within the first 30 minutes, both times. 
I hope we do that again. I hope you guys feel happy enough to come back and say hi. <sighs> Preach con tickets on sale tomorrow. So be ready. Be ready, names, uh, ladies and gentlemen. There is a web show tomorrow. Yes, there is. There's a web show tomorrow. Tickets will go on sale at the start of the web show. And fingers crossed. This is a very nervous time for somebody putting on an event. It really is. You guys wouldn't know. But try and picture it in your mind that you've organized an event. <laughs> right? You've organized an event. And you just hope people come. <laughs> That's it. You just hope people show up. It's very it's very nerve-wracking because you have to like do so much stuff uh, to make sure it happens. And then 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 the, the really scary part happens where you've got the, all the people coming. Now you have to make it worth them coming. Right? That's the really difficult part. But what I can say is this year we have more guests coming than ever uh, by a huge margin, actually. <laughs> by a huge margin. So if you hate me and Andy, impossible, right? Impossible. Uh, then uh, there's other people coming you can come and say hi to. Uh, which will remain secret. It will remain secret. But we don't remain secret people who have been before who are coming back. So I can confirm the Nobbler will be there and the Fat Boss Boys will be there yes they will yes they will so letting you know now those are on the confirmed list of people who are coming if they have never been at a preach con before all names remain secret all names remain secret so that is the way we're going to do it now moving on to why we're here right now raiders where are you <laughs> raiders where are you I need my raiders to... I need I need people who understand the horror that we are about to go with... Go into together. We're about to enter waters that no man who has raided in this video game that we call That World of Warcraft. 6% wipe on Argus yesterday. It's only our second week of progress. 6%. It's a bit of a gut punch. <laughs> 6 fucking percent... What a bastard. What a bastard. Uh, 6%. Right then. Some names from our sweet Patreon lovers who have indeed put on PreachCon. Those are the guys. Uh, we need a boyfriend. We need a GM who will be... Uh, it has to be you. It has to be you. Uh, uh, yeah, let's have Julio... Julio! Let's have Julio. Um, that's three. We need a lady. Angel. Uh, and the other guy doesn't really matter, as far as I remember. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So we need a name of a guild. We're a serious raiding guild. We're really, really quite serious. So I need the names of a raiding guild, guys. I really do. <laughs> Something good. Something that says... We are serious about killing these pixels and collecting our purples. Uh, we're very, very into it. We, we appreciate it. Uh, the Cockwombles, the Lords of Doom, <laughs> the Diamond Dogs, the Dick Rippers, the Gaysians, the Cake Munchers, mm, the Toad in the Hole Club, not like this, not, oh yeah. Uh, Ball of Ballercopters, the Warriors of Darkness. I'm going with the Warriors of Darkness. I like them. That sounds like a guild I would join. I only join guilds with the best names. I'm sure you guys have realized this, that when it comes to choosing a guild, I choose the guilds that have the best names. It's a big part of why I choose them. So this is written by one of our lovely ladies out there. One of our gorgeous ladies of the PG community has written this. 
And she didn't title it. I, I think this is the interesting thing. This is what's interesting about this story. It's a little bit different than most stories. Is It's written with a totally different subject in mind that I picked up on this story. Right? So it was written that she was white knighted by proxy. That's the title our author gave the story. So we've got a glorious white knight. You guys love some white knights, right? You guys love them. Uh, but that's not what I picked up on. <laughs> that's not what I picked up on. So let us get underway. Hi, Preach. Hi, Ghosty. Hi. You're both awesome. Your show is awesome. And I hope you enjoy this little story. I was at the center of it. However, in classic me fashion, oh, it's so me, right? So, so me, this situation. I was a bystander in my own drama. A bystander in her own drama. Okay. I have been playing WoW with my bestest friend, BFFs, and now my BF, Farlington, since vanilla. I started playing because I was moving to Japan for two years and it was more or less an easy way to keep in touch with him while I was abroad. I was such a noob when I started playing this game that I used to hide in little areas of the map whenever I saw local defense going off. I had various special hiding places across Elwyn Forest to protect me from the horde. This was on a PvE server. <laughs> How long did you wait? Like, how long would you wait? Like, you see the local defense go off. How uh, how long do you wait? Like, you sit there for like 20 minutes or something? Genius, really, when you think about it. We both started playing as hunters. During the Burning Crusade, I, I got into raiding on a Resto Druid. And Farlington got into PvP, mate. I was never very hardcore about things, perhaps because of the struggle of finding a guild that raided at 4am server time. In Wrath, he got into raiding too, but he went a bit more hardcore with it, even eventually spending some time in a top 50 guild. As time went on, I got a bit more serious about my PvE. <sighs> He's semi-retired. In other words, we met in the middle. I was a bit shit, but wanted to get better. He'd pushed too far and wanted to pull it back. So in Legion, right now, we joined the same Mythic Guild. That's right, we're Mythic Raiding, Andy. No jokes. All right? No jokes. Keep it down the middle. Yeah? Let's look down the middle. Men's. Men's Raiding. Both of us became core raiders. I also did my duty and re-rolled Holy Priest. And we thank you for your service, lady. We thank you for your service. I was tired of my druid. Since the start of Nighthold, our mythic raid had been plagued. Plagued by attendance issues. The composition was bad. The only consistent healers were me, another Holy Priest, and a monk. We had melee for days. We had six rogues on our mythic raid team. <laughs> Bring the player, not the class, right? Huh? Bring the player. What's up with six rogues in a 20-man raid? As standard. I don't see the problem. I think that's, I think that's good shit. <laughs> that's good shit there. <clears throat> 
The only consistent range we had included three BM Hunters. <laughs> Six rogues, three BM Hunters. Including, of course, my boyfriend, Farlington. Eventually, the attendance became so bad that we were forced to take people who had no business inside a Mythic Raid. We couldn't find a decent paladin. It was decided that I would re-roll for the good of the guild. For the good of the guild. I didn't mind. I just liked healing. At this point, I actually liked my paladin better anyway. Unfortunately, though, the attendance got so bad that we eventually started regressing. It was decided at this point we should call it a day. About nine of us decided to stick together. We knew that finding a guild to take nine people was a long shot, but the group got along so well that we just had to try. We could do this. A guild on the same server was discovered. The Warriors of Darkness. They had the same progression as us. Similar raid times. They also had severe attendance problems. Merging the guilds would result in a raid team of around 25 people. We all knew we would need to compete for raid spots. And that there were no guarantees this would work out. It's a risk. It's a long shot. But we've got to take it. It was the best chance we had to keep our group together. There were assurances made. Deals struck. Benched people would be rotated in on farm bosses based on loot needs. Our former raid leader would be promoted to an officer in their guild in order to represent our interests. Right? I was told that I had a better chance getting into the raid as a paladin than as a priest. So I continued with the re-roll as planned with officers on both sides of the merger, understanding that, yes, I had progression experience on my priest, but it was decided I'd be better off going a paladin for the sake of the raid team. Both sides understood it. Both sides knew it. Two days after my paladin hit 110, members of our guild were invited to participate in Nighthold Normal. Test the waters. See how things are going to be. It was an off night, so only me and Farlington were able to attend. I was on my reroll character, so I might as well have not been there. But Farlington crushed it, like my boy. Immediately afterwards, our raid leader was whispered by a different officer. One who had not really been involved in planning the merge. The merger was off. Our raid leader then reached out to the other officers in the guild. And he was told that the merger wasn't off. Confused, and despite this hiccup, things seemed to continue as planned. The following Tuesday, we joined the guild and cleared Heroic Nighthold and TOV. Despite not having my tier items, only having one Lego, and being below 890 item level, I rocked it. Solid passes on Croesus, beat the other Paladin healer on two out of three TOV fights. I didn't have expectations that I would be allowed on progression kills in Mythic Nighthold on my freshly capped Paladin, but I hope that this performance, this demonstration of my abilities, would at least get me into the prestigious perfection that is Mythic Scorperon. 
Seems reasonable, right? No one wipes on Mythic Scorperon. Needs some gear. Everyone's killed it before. Probably got some people who don't need nothing. Easy game, easy life. Give me some of that sweet Scorperon. The next day, the guild leader, Dreed, made a post in Discord outlining how the officers... <coughs> how the officers will be evaluating our performance. He called it the Warriors of Darkness Manifesto. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got ourselves a manifesto. Are you interested in what's in the manifesto? You should be. If you've ever been in a raid guild, you should be very interested in what's in the manifesto. The manifesto was a four-page document. Outlining areas where we would receive a letter grade. These grades were expected to come out of self-assessment. We had to assess ourselves in the area of sim DPS, mechanics, attendance, and etiquette. A guild member who achieved top grades on the raid manifesto would exceed the sim average consistently. Never die! Never take avoidable damage. Be reliable to handle specific assigned mechanics. Would have greater than 90% attendance. The etiquette section was broken down into various things. The top one, of course, being a decent human being. Now, chat, let's put the system to the test. Can you guys self-assess yourselves on being a decent human being using the letter grade system? I would appreciate it if you could put that in there. <coughs> Just so we can assess whether or not you guys are recommended for this situation a d a c an f an f an f an f you see i don't think you guys meet expectations of the uh raid manifesto a triple plus for jack wow you're in the raid team jack you've made it a solid d a lot of c's in there l plus <laughs> what's the plus for wow f minus amazing absolutely amazing we've got some, we've got ourselves some choice choice members here it started with being a decent human being but it also went all the way down to being in a mythic 10 plus guild only run every week right if you did that a rank yeah maybe even an s if you did like an 11 <laughs> easy s rank for me easy s rank for me all day now, the important thing here <coughs> is that the results of the manifesto are completely secret. They were only to be known by the individual raider who self-assessed and the officers. <coughs> the manifesto Detailed that every single week, a list would be announced based on any changes that had occurred with your grading system. 
some people would be given core raider status some people would be given benched raider status and some people would be given sit raider status benched raiders if you qualified for the bench raider rank you were the only only raiders that may may maybe get subbed in for a chance at loot on farm content you would also be the guys expected to cover if there was lateness or absences the core raiders were guaranteed a raid spot regardless if you're online and you have core raider status you are in no ifs ands or buts if you qualified for the sat raider status you didn't even have to log in (laughs) these raiders would not be subbed into the raid and farm content attendance online during raid night would neither count for nor against them it didn't matter whether you turned up or not i i can't, I, I agree with Ravan. flawless i can't see a single problem with this <clears throat> there was a section in the manifesto about healing and the only line it had was we have not yet decided <laughs> tanks were not mentioned whatsoever so the, the raid manifesto is just for dps's the tanks they get a buy the tanks are in doesn't matter fuck up a million times irrelevant healing team same we'll work it out later right we just know how to fuck the dps weekly reset it drops mythic raid night this is it flasks bar food bar runes borrowed food good two things would happen this night i was disappointed but not surprised that i had indeed qualified for the sit raider list however i was confident with the tomb of sargeras coming out i would be able to attend heroic raids get myself some gear prove myself to any standard which would hopefully be clarified as i was a healer i started running lower cara hardcore for the drape of shame as a person who was on the sit list i had no chance at all of being in on farm content so my target was just that little cape the two things that happened then the first is that dreed the guild master the raid leader and a holy priest didn't turn up for the mythic raid the second is that the backup healer who was on the bench list did not show up on discord the following conversation took place according to the raid manifesto (laughs) is it better that we bring in somebody on the sit list who is still a member of the guild and hoping to be a raider or should we 19 man mythic nighthold what's a better situation i don't know which is a better situation let me really sit down and think about this 
<coughs> Should we 19 man it? I mean, we can't bring the author in. She's on the sit list. That's look at the manifesto for Christ's sake. It says it right there. Under no circumstances should they be brought in. None at all. We should 19 man it. It's the only thing that makes logical sense at this point because the manifesto is the Bible. We can't just change it. This discussion occurred for 20 minutes and really annoyed me. But in the end, I received a raid invite. I got three kills on my paladin and then I switched to my priest for Croesus. Note then, we are skipping Spellblade. I feel like I should say here that this raid was definitely not going to successfully 19-man Croesus. <clears throat> Either better raid awareness. <laughs> it's a really nice way. You ever heard that? We need better raid awareness? Because... <laughs> That just means you guys fucking suck, by the way. <laughs> we need better raid awareness, or we need my heals if we were going to kill Croesus. At this point, though, over an hour after the start of the raid, Dreed came online. I was immediately asked to leave the raid, which I did with no fuss. I was technically kind of an alt reroll. They were about to start progression, which obviously my paladin was not ready for. In other words, it was clear cut that I should leave. From my perspective, from her perspective at this time, I had gotten four bosses when I should have gotten none. Right? It's been a decent night. It's all good. I'm on the sit list. I got in for the raid. Did some stuff. Laid down some justice. I'm thick and creamy on the whole thing. I went to bed and went to work the next day with no idea that I was the subject of a mega drama on Discord. I don't have Discord on my phone. And I let Farlington be the one who is spamming memes and stuff. As a good Discord raider should do. I got home the next day to see literally 274 messages that have been going back and forth for about 10 hours about my participation in the previous raid night. <laughs> Fuck. Basically, a guy called Julio was calling out Dreed for being late to the raid. But the conversation was entirely based about me and my rights. Because part of the manifesto was that officers weren't supposed to be directly called out. It's a good rule. If somebody has achieved the prestigious officer rank in a guild and they fuck up, you are not allowed to mention it in any way, shape or form. You lower form of life. You subclass peon, right? Don't even think... They have off... They can see dark green text. Like, what? how are you going to compete with that? You're nothing, you scum. You're nothing. You are an animal. Nothing more, nothing less. <clears throat> so in order for this conversation, which was of course about Dreed's lateness to take place... <laughs> Julio had made the most passive-aggressive list of questions concerning lateness in raids and members. <laughs> At the end of this long list of questions about lateness, he added, I'm not referring to anyone specific. <laughs> By the way, uh, I might have just made a big post about lateness, but I'm not saying this about anybody specifically. People, here's the best one, right? People in the raid 
mentioning no names, might be fucking well shit. Some people are well shit, not saying any names. What are we going to do about this situation, right? <clears throat> Dreed's immediate response is that the situation that made him late was out of his control. Therefore, the manifesto does not apply. And he does not get an attendance hit. He then added to the end of this, If you are ever late for any reason, you'll be moved to the sit list. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to say this, right? I was late, yeah? Was out of my control. Nothing I could do about it. So I am totally immune to any punishment. However, if any of you are late for any reason whatsoever, then you're on the sit list. Are we all clear of the situation? Because the manifesto, right? It's the manifesto. This is how he had it. Julio replied, until progress, question mark? Because of course, Dreed had come in on the progress fight. In other words, this guy who I didn't know was apparently about to lead a revolution over me being sat at progression and filling in for a late raider. Dreed fires back. If you think you're going to be late, you should not be welcome to the group for that day. So Julio says, again, please, I'm not talking about you, Dreed. What happened to you just got me thinking about it. This isn't about you, Dreed. It's just it's just made me think. <coughs> Julio then weirdly added, Also, I think you should get bonus points for being online, even if you're on the sit list. Arthur saved us last night. And she didn't even have to be online. Now, you guys should remember that as a sat person, as somebody who has qualified for the sit raider list, my attendance isn't even tracked. And so began the war. The whole thing seemed to clutch around the idea of sat raiders getting bonus points in such situations. And about whether a late person should be allowed into the raid once they turn up, rebenching whoever took their spot. Things, because we're not allowed to... Remember the manifesto? We're not allowed to call people out specifically. So things turned into hypotheticals. <laughs> Discussing the unfairness of benching some mystery player the whole night for a five-minute lateness rather than the reality of the over-an-hour lateness that had occurred. Let's suppose you one minute late. Let's suppose you one minute late, right? Not the hour you were, Dreed, not talking about you. But let's suppose you're one minute late. Should you be sat for the entire night? What should we do in these hypothetical situations? <clears throat> should there be mulligans? If you're late for a raid once a month and it just doesn't count so you can clear it? The discussion had gone on for hours and hours, with Dreed continuing to insist that he should not take an attendance hit. And there would be no bonus points for people who were on the sat raider list. Or whether a progression raider who is late should be sat for progression bosses, even if they come a little bit late. 
Given that the discussion kept involving my name, I decided I should add to this conversation. I don't care. <laughs> it's not a big deal to me that I was sat when Dreed came back because my current character is undergeared and he should be prioritized over alts for kills. Huh. That made a weird amount of sense, didn't it? <laughs> that said, that said, if I was still maining a priest, or if my paladin was better geared, I would have been completely salty. The situation is different from subbing people in and out to ensure people who are benched or sat get geared or rebalancing the raid comp for specific encounters. Being sat for someone who was late as soon as progression starts would send a message to me about the character of this raid. It bothers me more that apparently there was a chance that the raid was going to use 19 people rather than invite someone from the guild who was sat or benched. It should go without saying that bringing someone from the guild if there's a raid spot should happen. Dreed was getting pissy. We would always bring someone from the guild and obviously we wouldn't go with 19 when people were online. We proved this by inviting you. I feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick here. Now, are you ready? <coughs> Violins, my friends! I put in an enormous effort into this guild. And I told the officers I was 350 kilometers away for work all week. And I still managed to raid on a laptop Monday and farm on Tuesday. I spent the little free time I had modifying the manifesto on wednesday and getting all your feedback from you fine folk thursday when i finished work which went an hour late i drove straight home three and a half hours i only stopped for one minute to get gas i mean the backbone of the whole raid baby the backbone of the whole raid <laughs> the argument went on for another two hours, totaling a full 12 hours of discussion, without any further participation from me. Dreed was getting less whiny, and instead switched to encouraging the feedback, so we could overall improve the guild. After a little conversation, something finally hit me. This entire argument actually had nothing to do with me. I was simply being used as a proxy for another female raider, raider, Angel Wing. Julio was actually fighting for her. Here is what we know about Angel Wing. She had been in the guild for a very long time, but was utter dog shit. During the few normal and heroic runs that Farlington and I had participated in over the last week, he had beaten her by over 600,000 damage. She was constantly flirty with everyone in Discord, and every time something would drop, she would drop into conversation that she was actively looking for a new boyfriend. When people gambled between pulls, if she lost, she would try and get out of it by offering pictures. Julio once had Midnight drop on a Kara run. He was going to sell them out for gold to Gildies. For reasons unclear to me at the time, she was given a 50% discount. 
By establishing a system for getting points for people on the SAT members, like I was, it could possibly be then extended to Angelwing by arguing for fairness and equality, which is what we all want. White Knights protecting Angelwing's spot was also probably the reason that the guild merger had, previously been, had briefly been called off by a separate faction of the officer group. Angelwing, after all, was also a hunter, so her spot was directly threatened by my boyfriend Farlington's presence in the guild. Meanwhile, the anti-Angelwing faction within the guild <coughs> had, designed a <laughs> had designed something they called, and you know it well, the Manifesto. The actual purpose we think of the manifesto was to indefinitely prevent Angelwing from ever being in a raid. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to be directly called out, but we need to sit this girl. How do we do it? The manifesto. The manifesto will exist. The manifesto is 100% designed to keep one player from being part of the raid team. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to have every raid member submit reports and self-assessment. Self every week, officers are going to have to put in work and listen to this self-assessment of every member of the, game, the raid team to keep out one member in order to preserve the anti-drama situation because we don't want people to feel picked on, right? So the best solution is to really make everybody in the guild jump through hoops to keep her out. This is what we need to do. <coughs> Beautiful guild, actually. Actually, just so, so good. So, so good. I like it. Angelwing was so protected that having to tell her she was dog shit was a no-go. So it was better to say that she couldn't be invited to the raid until she improves her manifesto score. Sorry, Angelwing. Your self-assessment grades are simply not where they need to be in order for you to raid this week. Things like that were the messages we received in the sat list. In other words, these rules simply did not apply to the rest of the guild besides Angelwing. <laughs> Dreed's lateness didn't count because the manifesto didn't count to him. The absence of the other healer, the backup healer, who was also on the bench, also was never mentioned in any way, shape, or form. All the grades were self-assessed. The group, the in-group, would simply have good scores because they gave themselves good scores. Those of us not in the in-group or the core raiders, we would have, they would find some sort of mistake and analyze it. I was probably asked to keep on with re-rolling the Paladin in order to minimize my chances that I could disrupt the core healing group, despite the fact that two of their healers just couldn't be bothered to show up on day one of Mythic Raiding. More confusing to me is if this system was bullshit, why were people so reluctant to give completely arbitrary symbolic points, which I hadn't even asked for? Why argue it? Angel Wing and Julio continued to argue over the new mystical bonus points for sat raiders with all of the officers trying to fuck the system off <laughs> no we're not doing that because that's more work for this bullshit system we've already got in place that doesn't mean a fucking thing anyway but we can't tell you that because apparently he's sending nudes everywhere and we need to keep you great <clears throat> our former raid leader who was supposed to stand up for our members of our former guild was out of town that weekend and was missing all of this 
And so I was left to wonder, why were they making such a big fuss? And then I wondered, how many bonus points would I need in order to take the bench healer's spot? It was at this time that Farlington, who has a lot of raid experience, decided to wade in. He said, We don't even use a DKP system. What exactly is the point of all the crates? <laughs> the system you've designed is only set up for people to fail. And apparently, the expected standard in order to make the core raid team is perfect performance every single time. I should point out here that up until Farlington asked about the manifesto specifics, nobody in our little group who had joined the guild had been involved in the conversation. In fact, almost the entire 12-hour debate had taken, had taken on between about four members of the guild. According to Farlington, the major sticking points in the debate were about attendance and raid performance standards for just DPSs. At this point, no standards whatsoever existed for the healers, and the entire four-page, ten-font document never mentioned tanks. Two officers appeared in Discord and disappeared again without comment. Some random person said, I've been thinking about this as well. How these different raid factors are determined. How are you guys using our self-assessments? Because we're not getting any feedback. Other than that, it was total silence. It'd be about 12 more hours before anyone else responded. <clears throat> and of course, the person to respond was our glorious GM, Dreed. Dreed said, It's not a system that's designed to make you fail. If you play perfectly... We will simply implement... If Oh, sorry. If too many people play perfectly... Classic rating, right? Too many of us are playing perfectly. What a bastard. What a nightmare. You know what I mean? I can't count the amount of times I've been in a raid and thought... You know, so many of us are actually playing perfectly. It's embarrassing at this point. Never a mistake. No faults. Crazy situation to be in. Happens all the time. <laughs> but when that happens... We'll just set up a rotation. Farlington said the current standards are a bit unfair. See, Farlington had an advantage over our little raiding officers who designed the manifesto. He understood how to use logs. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> fucking some kind of wow genius over here. He's got numbers and there's a graph. A fucking graph. How do we do this? My BF pointed out. The DPS metrics that you've put in there <laughs> don't even work. <laughs> <laughs> just use the class mechanics I'm playing BM I have no problem beating my average sims consistently because I can just run around endlessly and always smash it for other classes and other specs that's not even remotely realistic <coughs> it took a while but Dreed did respond I believe we've already addressed your concerns when? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> I have designed the manifesto system to give those classes that are 20 to 30% less damage than the flavor that are month specs a chance to earn a raid boss, uh, raid spot based on the sim of their spec. He was told to hang on to his complaints until a new, I know, don't jizz your, don't jizz your pants just yet. 
a new and improved version, a revised Raid Manifesto was published. We waited patiently several hours to see the new and improved revised Raid Manifesto. The document had been rewritten in Manifesto 2.0. The document had been rephrased in several areas, but none of the rules had actually changed. The next day, Dreed decided that if nobody was willing to defend... Oh, <laughs> sorry. Farlington decided that if nobody was actually going to defend the purpose of the manifesto... Why does this exist? Just tell me why it exists. Or entertain the idea of just not using the seemingly meaningless manifesto. Then maybe we should do something about it. Or try and fix it. He said laws are passed with less debate than our raiding manifesto. Farlington was debating most of this from work on his laptop using Discord. That afternoon, he told me that the thing that annoyed him the most is that nobody was actually saying anything. Dreed would agree with him that the rules needed to change and clarified, but then put the same thing back into the manifesto. Sometimes, and we checked this, he was literally copy and pasting sentences and rearranging them in the paragraph. Can you imagine what that reads like now? <laughs> You can't just take... If I did this to this document, right? It's not a manifesto, but it's a story. Imagine if I just cut and pasted various parts of it and just rearranged them randomly and then just said it's fixed. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I was in game and our good friend Julio whispered me. I need a white knight voice. Hi. Is there a reason why we can't have two holy priests in a raid anyway? Is the can't we all just play together? You know? Hmm. The situation had somehow, somehow turned into a rebellion against Reed. I was there mocking Jay. I decided to take a diplomatic stance. I said, I don't care what class I play. I just like healing raids. A few hours later... Brace yourself. Hold on to your cum. Manifesto 3.0 dropped. I was now mentioned by name in the raid attendance rules. By name, right? <coughs> Manifesto 3.0 stated clear and concisely that the new performance standards for DPS to have a spot in the core progression teams were one be within five percent of your sim average or higher to be consistently in the top 80 percentile on warcraft logs to have few to no deaths to have few to no damage taken from avoidable mechanics on progression kills healers are still being looked into Progression Raiders, as they were now called, would be guaranteed a spot in every raid. But Progression Raiders were now given the new responsibility of optionally stepping down on a farm boss for people who qualified for bench list if they did not need gear from it. Sit Raiders should expect nothing. I should remind you, unless you have forgotten... The Warriors of Darkness were 4 out of 10 Mythic. 
Tomb of Sargeras was due to drop within the next four weeks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got this. We got this, team. <clears throat> Expecting epic passes on every fight and perfect execution on every mechanic seemed a little unrealistic <laughs> for a guild that is stuck on Spellblade. In their defense, we did have some quality players who did very good damage, and our main tank was also a top baller. They weren't any worse than us, but they also weren't any better. In our guild, Farlington was top three on every fight, with the order changing depending on the fight itself. After the merger, that remained just the case with different names. It was so frustrating that we were going through all this, and it was no help. These standards weren't done to exclude members of just our guild. About seven slots of the progression team were made up of the nine nine of us who joined. In fact, they were excluding more of their own players than our team. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's the old guys who are getting the shaft. If these standards were actually applied to our progression core raid team, each raid would consist of about four players. Of course, since all self-assessments, though, are done with a personal officer, and the results of the assessments are kept secret, nobody knew why anybody was getting a raid spot, or why other people were being kept out. I decided to rock the boat. I asked when healers would be assessed. Dreed says he wasn't sure. He asked me what I thought about it. How easy or what standard should we set? Are you ready, healers? How many healers have we got in the chat before I say this sentence? Can I, can I have a chat? Where's, where's my healers at? We got healers? We should have plenty of healers in the chat right now. We should have plenty of raid healers. Hopefully some, uh, some top-notch raid healers right now. You? Yeah. All right. You ready, guys? Here we go. <clears throat> Our guildmaster and raid leader, Dreed, asks, How much HPS... Should we decide for the healers? <laughs> or, wait for it, should we just base it on their Warcraft logs pass? <laughs> yes! Genius! It's, it doesn't go wrong in any way. <laughs> oh my god. Fucking love it, dude. Oh, it's genius. <laughs> evacuate. Evacuate. I mean, all healers just leave the guild. Oh, my God. Can you imagine hearing that? Like, for real? <laughs> if you know, As long as you... If you don't understand why that's so funny, you should look into it. But it's fucking hilarious. It's so bad. Oh, my God. <clears throat> okay. Shh. It's all calm down. <clears throat> okay. I told him... I don't think that's a good idea. There's a lot of factors involved with healing. I explained to him of our mythic Croesus kill. The one where I needed to be on my priest. I showed him that every healer in the raid got a crap pass. And that is because we used four healers instead of the normal three that a lot of people in Warcraft logs use. Why did we use four healers instead of three? It could be that there's a shitty healer, we were missing a DPS, whatever. 
<laughs> it could be that the DPS didn't handle ads correctly, or people were bunching, uh, weren't bed bunching for orbs enough, or whatever it could be. But all of our passes came out bad because of it. Because that's how healing works. <laughs> he didn't understand. <laughs> he said that just because we had an extra healer, your passes should still be fine, as it's based on personal performance. That's fucking science right there, yeah? Noobs! It doesn't matter! No, you're all idiots! You're all just so bad at this game, it's unbelievable. Right? <laughs> you're so bad at this- You guys have got no- It's in the manifesto! You dumb bastards! It's in the manifesto! It's fine! <laughs> it's all good, dude! <laughs> hey, you were doing- You should've stopped DPSing. You should be spamming heals more. Are you a noob? Why are you doing DPS during periods of low damage? Idiot. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I sent him some links about how to evaluate healer logs. <clears throat> and Farlington decided to push it even further. He would then spend the entire afternoon at work, which he said was really fun, actually. You can see this guy is, like, having such a blast at work all afternoon, just, like, fucking wrecking this manifesto. <laughs> he spent the next half day at work repeatedly explaining that the system is incorrect. And it also meant that certain classes wouldn't ever be able to reach the top rank for DPS. And this was against the first mission statement. Now, I haven't brought this up before, but the manifesto, even in version 3.0, has a mission statement. Would you like to know what the mission statement is? We're 4 out of 10 Mythic, by the way. Spellblade, what a bitch. There's a mission statement. Guys, get ready for it. And I'm just going to copy and paste it so you know I'm not bullshitting you. This is, this is the mission statement. Copy. Paste. Go. <laughs> The, girl, the mission statement is bring the player, not the class. Line number one. Yeah. Line number one. Line number one of the manifesto. Line number one. Boom. That's how we're doing it. That's how we're, that's how we're doing it. <clears throat> the current sticking point they have moved on to, <laughs> so we've moved on to another point, was that logs from progression fights were the only ones to be considered for DPS rankings. <laughs> we don't care about farm kill logs. No, it doesn't... No. No, it doesn't matter. What, you got rank one? What are you... Do you think I, do you think I fucking care? Do you think I fucking care that you got a rank one on Croesus? You piece of fucking shit. We've killed that before. What we're gonna do is judge logs only from progression fights. <laughs> These were the only ones to be considered <laughs> for our assessment rankings. Farlington pointed out that this wasn't a very good idea <laughs> because the stated goal of the system was to track performance on a consistent basis and we haven't killed a progression boss yet. <laughs> if we're in a progression fight, then we are going to be altering our strategy and talent sometimes. Sometimes multiple pulls until we figure out how we're going to kill the boss. He then linked an example <clears throat> from Heroic. <coughs> Farlington showed one pull of Tychondrius. Oh, do you remember Tychondrius? You had to move right sometimes. Then, whoa, wait for it. You had to go back round, move left. 
fucking crazy shit, dude. Sometimes you have to stand in the middle. Remember that? Get excited. In a minute, I have to stand in the middle. Oh. Tanks are dead. Oh. <laughs> oh. Where are the bloods going, though? <laughs> Where are the bloods going? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> One pull of Tychondrius, I was the top deeps. The next pull, we changed the strat so I didn't AoE, and I was 10. Which one of these was? It's like a kid's test. On this one, I AoE'd the fuck out of the Bloods, and I was number one of the DPS meter. On this one, I didn't do that, and I was 10th of the DPS meter. Which one of these means I'm the better player? Huh? Which one is it? Which one goes towards my self-assessment grading? Because that's the important one, right? Which one do you use? <laughs> Which one of these results illustrates my skill as a raider? The answer, of course, is neither of them, you dumb bastards, as we're doing the fight in two different ways, so we have two different results. <laughs> almost done, almost done. Things reached ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Things reached ahead when someone who have had no chance of getting into the progression group if the standards were actually applied openly said let me see your assessment Farlington my lovely boyfriend Farlington simply typed if you don't understand a log or why this doesn't work then none of you are qualified to judge me Farlington left the guild I, who had been avoiding the discussion for, at this point, an entire day, took five minutes to calmly and carefully jot down a little note. If you're enough of a part of things to have made it into the Manifesto 3.0 by name, you should at least give an explanation when you do the final piece out. Hello. I would like to thank everyone for taking me through a few raids and running Mepla with me. I do not feel that I am a good fit for this guild. There has been a total of one raid of progression. <laughs> and we have had full ongoing drama in the Discord since the end of that raid. This is after one raid. <laughs> one, one mythic raid. <clears throat> Much of it seemingly revolving around me. Despite me not being a part of it. Otherwise, I feel like this guild does not have a realistic set of standards in place. My experience is that when standards are unrealistic, it means that the people have formed an in-group. And they have reasons for why they were absent or underperformed and excuses. And the people not in the in-group are scrutinised according to a standard that even many top 50 guilds would not implement. I hope this system works out for you. Good luck going forward. A very nice, simple situation. A very nice, simple situation. And then I left the Discord and G quit. The ensuing chaos was interesting to say the least. According to our former raid leader who hadn't left yet, of all the officers seemed dead set on saying that nothing in the guild was actually wrong. And they couldn't imagine why anybody would have a problem with the manifesto. A number of other people also left. <laughs> Most of us from our original guild still keep in touch. And me and Farlington have now gone hard. I hope you enjoyed my little story.
Wow. <coughs> wow. <laughs> hey, we do need a copy. Can you get us a copy? Author, author, author. I'm not going to call you out by name. Can you get us a copy of the manifesto in some way, shape, or form? Can you get it for us? We would. I would love to read it. I swear to God, I would love to read it out on the stream. It's four pages. I know it's four pages, but we would... I mean, this is from me, the people here, the thousands of people who will watch this on YouTube right now. Please get us a copy of the manifesto. What's that, like rules about the guild? It's not just about the guild, about raiding. Oh, right. You jabroni. Sit list. <laughs> Sit list for you. Sit list. Am I not on Don't the even show up because <gasps> no one cares. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of drama time for today but tomorrow in approximately 27 hours 27 hours from this point if you're watching it live PreachCon 2018 tickets go on sale are we ready have you got everything prepped i got my stream tonight you're streaming tonight mm -hmm. but everything's prepped for the ticket launch i think so i'll double check it and we should be I'm good i'm pretty sure it's set okay all right so PreachCon tickets go on sale 27 hours and from now if you're on my stream later i've got a really good idea like i'm not even joking with you it's really really good so join me at half eight. Oh, exciting for some a really good idea for those lucky people that are going to get PreachCon tickets i'm going to set up something personal okay all right sounds good Ladies and gentlemen, I love you very much. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. We have a web show tomorrow. It's going to be gorgeous. What is the price of the tickets? The same as last year? I can't remember. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I'll let you know on Twitter. I think they're a bit... Oh, no, they are slightly cheaper than last year. They're cheaper than last slightly year? Slightly cheaper than last year. There you year. go. We're going cheaper. Bye, everybody. Uh, where's my buttons? They've all moved now because we had to redo the stream. Why did you go blurry?